All right, come on, how we doing everybody? You feeling good this morning? Awesome, awesome. If it's your first time here, my name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor and we're thrilled that you're spending some time with us this morning. If you're watching online, we're thrilled that you're with us today as well. Come on, with all of you who already call True Life home, help me welcome first time guests and everybody watching online at home. We're glad you're here today. Glad we get to spend some time with you and, and uh, do church with you this morning. And, and we're going to have some fun as we wrap up the Running with the Giants series this morning. And it's uh, been, a, been a fun series. I've enjoyed this and digging into some of the heroes of our faith and what we can learn from them. And so we've got one last one that we're going to talk about this morning. And then we kick off summer at True Life next weekend. i got to just stop for a second. I'm just kind of having a moment this morning. I didn't do this in the first service. But I just had a moment today. I was watching our... Our greeters greet and our hospitality team serve. And I walked in here and like I'm watching the lights move around and the hearing the band lead people in worship, hearing your voices during worship and the, the videos playing and all the stuff our team is creating. And I'm just kind of looking around going, I can't believe I get to be a part of that. This place is cool. This place is cool. And so I just would you just help me just just show a little love to our dream team, all the people who serve and my staff and we don't highlight you guys enough. We don't talk about you enough. And uh, you just do what you do with such excellence. And I just, I'm, I just, just y'all are just cool. This place is cool. And I, I love getting to, be, uh, getting to be a part of it. All right. You saw in church news, Serve Day is coming up July 10th. Come on, everybody. Serve Day right around the corner. And that's going to kick off at 8 a.m. You can sign up at truelife.church forward slash serve team. If you're not familiar with Serve Day, this is one of a handful of events that we do every year. Uh, we try to do three per year where we, I really try to rally the whole church around a serve uh, moment where we stop what we're doing and we don't let our lives be about ourselves for, for a few hours. And we just go serve people, no strings attached, because Jesus went to the cross for us, no strings attached. Come on, aren't you thankful for that? So what else would our response be? But to go serve and love uh, people. And so uh, we try to be intentional with a few times a year where we go serve and love people in our community. And uh, serve day, we look for a place where we can make a tangible difference in one day. Um, there, there could be an alternate branding option for serve day. We could call it Kingdom Sweat Day because it's usually in the summer and we usually get dirty and, and sweaty and gross. That's why we give you a free t-shirt because we know you're going to ruin it. All right. So, um, but man, I just, if, if you've not had a chance to be a part of serve day in the past, that you really should try to this year. It's, it's just an opportunity for us to come together and go be the hands and feet of Jesus. And what's going to happen for some of you is when you serve at serve day, at the end of the day, you're going to have something happen in your heart and you're going to be like, can I do this again? Can I do more of this? I think I'm supposed to do this all the time. Like, like there might be a calling on your life to do things like this. And when that happens, we want you to uh, get plugged into a serve, what we're calling our serve groups. We're, we're, we're changing some branding, uh, some, some, what we're calling some things. We've, up till now, we've just called it outreach. And, um, and I was talking with Kristen, who leads outreach, and talking with our staff, and I said, you know, I feel like it's almost confusing. We say outreach, but then we give everybody a shirt that says serve team, and what, what if we just called these our serve groups and just call it what it is and, and make it less confusing? And so we're going to do that. In fact, serve groups are going to exist within the small group system, and so if you're called to, just, to do that kind of thing, you'll have get together with a group of people who share the same passions as you, and, and they already do that. I don't know if you realize that, church. You, you already... Outside of these big moments where we all come together and do it, we have uh, a handful of people in our church who that's just their calling. That's what God's asked them to do with their life. And they're out uh, serving people on a regular basis in our community on your behalf. And, um, and so if, if God lights a fire in your heart for that on serve day, you'll have some options for following up on that and making sure you're fulfilling the calling God has in your life to go serve people, go be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. And I just want to be extra clear who this is for. Serve Day is for people outside our church, all right? Um, so don't grab a connection card today and be like, hey, could y'all come put a pool in my backyard? No, we will not. Uh, so it's, it's for people outside our church. But if you're aware of someone who has a need that we could potentially come serve, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear about that. You know, I had a neighbor a couple of years ago who had some health concerns, and so just really he couldn't keep up with his landscaping and his lawn, and so we showed up with a team of people and like 30 bags of mulch and, and uh, pruners and chainsaws, and we just, man, we went to town and just redid the whole thing, and he was just so blown away by the level of excellence and felt so loved and served, 
in that moment, and that's exactly the kind of experience we want people to have um, on serve day. So get, jump on truelife.church forward slash serve team, sign up, and uh, let us know if you've got some unique gifts, talents, maybe you're good at woodworking, those sorts of things. We will definitely find the right project for you to be a part of. We've built wheelchair ramps, we've repaired decks, we've repaired doors, we've repaired gutters, we've painted houses, we've done landscaping, uh, you name it, we've found a way to do it. Uh, on serve day. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, we've got some more news potentially coming your way about serve day and some other options that we have as well uh, in the weeks ahead. But go get signed up. And then you already saw it in church news, summer groups begin June 20th. And you need to be in a group, all right, True Life? Uh, you, You need some people in your life that you can take your mask off, that you can be your real self with. And, uh, and tell the truth about what's going on in your life. Have some people who would pray for you, who will be with you when you're going through good times, bad times, celebrate with you, go through crisis with you, grieve with you. All of us need healthy relationships. And if you're doing life by yourself, you are not going to be healthy. It's not God's plan for you. The church is a spiritual family, and you gotta have time to hang out with, you gotta have quality time with the family. Say amen if you're tracking with me this morning. All right, so uh, jump online uh, and, and check out the groups as they'll be uh, showing up on the website over the next couple of weeks here. Make sure you find a group to be a part of. And what I love about the way we do groups at True Life is we'll let you build a group around anything as long as it's not sin, all right? So like you, you can build a group around anything. And so we've had groups that study the Bible together, read books together, uh, drink coffee together. Uh, uh, we've had disc golf, that was a, a big group for a while, a bunch of guys who went out and played disc golf. I made the uh, mistake of calling it frisbee golf one time, which apparently is very offensive to the disc golf community, and I'm very sorry for saying the word frisbee and offending everyone. It is disc golf. I wanted that to be very clear, all right? Uh, so they, they hang out together. We, we, uh, one of our largest groups last semester was, um, was cricket. I thought that was a sport. It's not. It's you get together and you play with stickers and put stickers on things, and so uh, that's... that's and so that was one of, our, one of our biggest groups. I probably just offended the whole cricket group, but that was funny. I don't care what you say. All right, so, uh, no, they decorate things, and it's, uh, they have a lot of fun with that. So, uh, and here's the thing. The thing that brings you together is actually not the thing. It's the relationships that are the thing. It's the friendships and the community and doing life together. That's the thing. So jump into a group this summer. Let's get into the message this morning, Hebrews chapter 12, our final week of running with the giants. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let's learn from them. Let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You've heard me say it now. This is the fifth week, the final week. God has a race marked out for you. There's something he wants to accomplish through your life. Let's learn from the heroes of our faith some lessons that will help us run our race. And today we're going to end. We started, Pastor Perry started on Mother's Day with uh, a, a woman named Ruth and um, Ruth really worked her way into influence from the bottom up. I want to talk to you today about another uh, great woman leader in your Bible. Uh, she's found in the book of Judges, and her name is Deborah. Deborah really led from the top down. She was in a position of leadership and influence. She's an incredible leader. She's a judge in the book of Judges. That's why it's called the book of Judges. I don't know, that's deep. Uh, I thought that was, fun. that was funnier in my head when I said it, but y'all didn't laugh at it. Is the house gonna be today, True Life? Are you gonna be a tough crowd in this 10 a.m. service? Come on, is it too hot, is it too cold? Is it, is it just right? Now I feel like I'm Goldilocks. It's just right, it's just right, they tell me. It's hot outside though, isn't it? I walked out there for a few minutes, I can't stay outside very long, I'm red, red hair, pale complected, like bad stuff happens to me in the sunshine, like it's just instant. I just like instantly fry, and so I gotta be, gotta be careful. So we're gonna talk about Deborah. She's a prophetess, a leader, and uh, we see her story in the book of Judges. If you've never read the book of Judges, Judges is crazy. Like there's just all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in the book of Judges. I was talking to my friend Joel, our small groups uh, leader here uh, a couple weeks ago. We were talking about Judges and just some of the stuff that happens in the book of Judges. And so it's like, are you serious? And and so Deborah, I th- I, she's, she's a part of this, this cycle that Israel goes through over and over and over again in the book of Judges. And her story happens in a season where Israel is really not serving God. They've made some terrible decisions. 
and they're dealing with a lot of the consequences from it. In fact, I preached this message before. I just think it's so important. Like, this might be one we come back to uh, regularly in our church. And I think if Deborah could step on the platform today and kind of give us the, the, the summary of what she would want us to hear, she might say, hey, when you feel like you're surrounded by the cycle of sin and chaos, like if it feels like the whole world has gone crazy, has anybody else felt that way recently? I know COVID has a lot to do with it, but I was talking with one of my friends recently. He said, yeah, I was just talking to my wife and we were having this conversation like, what is happening? What is happening in our world right now? Anybody else felt like that? I mean, there's just crazy, there's crazy stuff going on in our world. There's, sin is rampant. Sin is often celebrated. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a crazy time to live. Um, there's aliens maybe now I'm hearing, some of my news reports. Anybody else, anybody else been watching? Like there's this big UFO thing that the Pentagon is releasing. And so I, I'm, I like sci-fi, so I'm fascinated by that. I'm like, oh, all right, now we... Aliens? So I know some of you are thinking, like, is he going to answer the alien question this morning? Is he going to preach and tell us, are aliens in the Bible? (laughs) I have no idea. No, I'm not answering that question. I don't have a clue about that. Um, But that's, I mean, it's just where, it's, it's, the world is, is crazy. And actually the Bible says that in the, in the, in the, in the last times, the end days, Kind of two things are going to happen at the same time. Like there's going to be a great outpouring of God's spirit and people are going to come to Jesus in greater numbers than ever before. And at the same time, it's going to feel like the world is losing its mind. And, and it's, isn't that interesting? But they're both going to happen together. And I, I kind of, I think I, it's possible. I'm not one to try to predict. Jesus says no man knows the day or the hour. But I do know this about the last days. Some generation is going to be the generation right? And um, I think it'd be wise for us to prepare as if Jesus could come back at any moment and, and be ready for that at, at any moment. But man, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy world we live in. And Deborah was leading at a time of sin and chaos. And I think she would say, when, when you feel surrounded by sin and chaos, remember, God's counting on you. Like in the midst of stuff being off the wall berserk, God needs you. He has a, a plan and a purpose for you. And so it's very important that we not get distracted, that we not get lost in the chaos and the craziness, that we know who God is and what God wants for us, and that we lock into that. That's what Deborah had the ability to do. And so Israel's in a, in a really bad time here. We're going to read some of the story, and then we'll come back and talk about it. And it says, after Ehud's death, the Israelites, again did evil. So this, this is the cycle of the book of Judges. After Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil. And, and there's two ways you can read that. One way you can read it is be like kind of judgmental, like, come on, you guys. What's your problem? But I've lived a love, enough life to know, like, that's just as often been me. Like, I did it again. What's wrong with me? Come on. Anybody else been there? What's my problem? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I lose my temper? Why did I go there? Why did I eat that? I mean, I don't know what it is for you, just, but I just did it again, and the Israelites did it again in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned him over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. Now this is the nice thing. Now you live under the new covenant, so it doesn't quite look, work like this. You will deal with consequences from your sin, uh, but God does not abandon you because of your sin. Say amen, somebody. <clears throat> but the Israelites, they, they lived in the old covenant, and so God was always watching out for them, but he was just like, y'all going to do that? Here you go. You're going to learn your lesson. And the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth, <laughs> That's correct. I don't know. I just want you to know. Sisera had 900 iron chariots ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for, look how long this takes, for 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. This is how hard-headed they are. It takes them 20 years to get to the next sentence. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. 
So I just want to ask you today, if you're dealing with some of the consequences of some choices you've made, what the heck are you waiting for? Don't wait 20 years. Come on, somebody. Ask for, don't in your pride, keep hiding from God, keep running from God, keep doing what you're doing that's, that's not working. Go ahead and ask God for some help. Don't wait 20 years to ask for some, for some help. And Israel, they were hard-headed, and so they were stuck in this cycle. Uh, I'm actually teaching what is actually some, some theology this morning, but we're going to give it a simple name. We're just going to call it the ABCs of judging, and I'm going to do this cool pastor trick where every letter of the line starts with ABC. I'm even going to go past C and do D and E, all right? So uh, this is what we call the, the ABCs of Judges, and this is literally the cycle that Israel goes through repeatedly throughout the book of Judges, and I think it's important for us to understand because it's a cycle I've repeated in my life at times, and you probably have too. And it goes like this. They, it starts with abandoning. See, that started with A. Aren't you proud of me? Uh, abandoning God and his commands. And I know that sounds terrible, but we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all had moments in our life where we get distracted by something or tempted by something or things in our life are going well and we become apathetic and and in our apathy we fall back into an old pattern, an old habit. And so Israel abandons God and his commands which leads to bondage at the hands of an oppressor. So if you read the book of Judges, you'll see this over and over again. And in this case, they, they, they fall captive to another king, a Canaanite king, another nation, uh, you're, you're probably not going to end up in that kind of bondage because of your sin or your choices, uh, but you can end up in spiritual bondage. You can get stuck in a cycle. You can get stuck in a pattern. In fact, some of you today, that you're there. Like, there's some part of your life that keeps repeating over and over and over again, and you can't figure out, like, why can't I get free of that? Why can't I get the win here? Why, why can't I have victory in this area? And it's it's possible you're stuck in the, the ABCs of Judges. So abandoning God, bondage to the hands of an oppressor, then they kind of come to their senses. In this case, it took 20 years, and they say, God help! God help. And what I love about our God is whether it's five years, 10 years, 20 years, and no matter how many times they've had to do it, every time they cry out for God's help, he responds. Come on, somebody. Come on, aren't you glad that no matter how many times you mess it up, if you'll just say, God help, he'll respond. He'll come to your rescue. They cry out to God for help, and God delivers them from their oppressor, A, B, C, D. Come on, aren't you impressed this morning? So God delivers, so they say, God help, and he says, okay, I'll get you out of that. I'll deliver you from your oppressor. Then the Israelites would Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. They'd have revival. They're having great church services. They're obeying God. They're, they're reading the scriptures. They're, they're participating in everything that God wants for them until they begin to experience ease and peace. And in that ease and peace, they fall into apathy. And in their apathy, they abandon God. And they fall into bondage. They cry out for help. They get deliverance. Ah, things are good again. And then eventually they get comfortable and they repeat the cycle over and over and over again. And you can repeat this cycle in your life too. Um, I, I see this, probably the most frequent place I see this play out when trying to pastor people uh, is, is like in marriages. Because um, whether you've been married two weeks or two decades, uh, there's a four-letter word for marriage, work. Can I get an amen this morning? Some of y'all only been married two weeks. You're like, nah, uh. Oh, oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's 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 work. And oftentimes, what we'll do is we'll realize, okay, things aren't great, things aren't healthy. Let's work on it. Let's figure it out. Then we do the work, and God blesses it as we learn to serve each other and assume that the other is better than ourselves and. And we love each other, and, and then things are good. And so what do we do? We take our foot off the gas, and, and we stop doing. The, this is what, uh, even in your Bible, the book of Revelation, one of the, the seven churches, one of the indictments against those churches is Jesus says, hey, you're, you're doing like a lot of stuff, but you forgot your first love. 
Come back to your first love. Get back to the, the things that got you started. Get back to the basics. Get back to the roots. And so we just, well, this can be us. Abandoning God, bondage at the hands of oppressor, crying out to God for help, deliverance from the oppressor, ease and peace. And I, I want to try to encourage you today not to fall into that cycle of apathy and keep repeating this pattern over and over again in your life. And you don't have to raise your hand. I'll do it for all of us. Like, this has been me. At different seasons of my life, that's been me. Wouldn't you like to live free of that cycle? Wouldn't you like to not go there anymore? Or maybe, maybe you're all right right now. Maybe you're in a season of ease and peace and you're being careful and you're not experiencing apathy and you're not at risk of repeating this pattern right now. But maybe God has uniquely positioned you in a place where there's some other people in your life that are, are stuck here. What if, while well, you're surrounded by the cycle of sin and chaos, what if, what if God doesn't want you to just see it and recognize it? What if he wants to actually use you to break it? That was Deborah. That was Deborah. So Deborah, man, she would hang out under this palm tree, and one day she sensed for Barak, son of Abadanam, who lived in Kadesh. That's right, you guys. I study this stuff. I'm just kidding. It's not right. In the land of Naphtali, and she said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun, at Mount Tabor. So remember, they're in the cycle. They're under oppression right now. And, and Deborah now becomes the judge. She's the leader. She's hearing from God for the people. And I will call out Sister, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River, where I will give you victory over him. So this is, that's, she's speaking on behalf of God. And God's saying, get, a, get, get your army together. We're going to go get our freedom. I'm going to get you your freedom. And I love Barak's response. He says, I'll go if you go. I love that. <laughs> He's like, yeah. You, you coming, right? You're going to be there. And I actually think his heart here is, I think he is afraid. But I actually think his heart here is kind of like Moses. You know, there's a point in, in the story of Moses when he's, when he's on the mountain with God right before he sees the glory of God, we talked about this in First Wednesday this last week, where he says, hey, God, we, like, we don't want to go anywhere if you don't go with us. We don't want to do anything if you're not with us. Like, God, it's, you got to be there. And I think Barak's, Barak's smart enough to realize, okay, God's with Deborah, so if Deborah's there, God's there, and that, that can't go badly. So, so Deborah, will you come? I'll, I'll, I'll love that. That's, in fact, that's kind of the way I want to be. I want to get around people who God is doing transformational work in. I want to get around leaders who are reaching lost people and seeing families restored and addictions broken and, and miracles happen. And I, I want to, come on, y'all. If I'm going into battle, I want to have some people with me who, who clearly have the presence of God with them. Come on, can I, can I hear an amen this morning? That's why being a part of a local church is good for you. Because you can get around some people who are winning, who God is moving in their life. And I just, I just, I want to be around when miracles happen. I want to be close by when the miracles happen. Because I'm, I'm going to need some of that in my life. And he said, I'll, I'll go if you go. And she says, okay, I'll go. But you ain't getting the credit. I love that. And, and at this time in history, that is culturally significant. Very significant, and that's why she says, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. Very significant. So she says, hey, Barack, you, you, like, I'll go. But they're going to they're gonna remember that I led the army, not you. And to his credit, he's like, I don't care. I just don't want to die. Come on, y'all. <laughs> he's like, I just want to survive. I just want to get out. He's like, I don't, that's, that's cool. To his credit, he shows humility. And so Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. Interesting that out of the 12 tribes of Israel, there's only a couple participating here. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 
bad guys respond, Cicero calls for his chariots. While this is all happening, uh, someone named J.L., who is a, actually a descendant, a direct descendant of Moses, I don't know what, what she was thinking. I, I, she just decides to go camping. I think maybe even sets up her tent in a place where she can kind of watch the battle. To, like she knows the battle's going on. So she just sets up camp like to watch the battle out, uh, out somewhere. And she's got her tent set up, having a, little, having a little camp out with herself, just enjoying herself. That's significant. We'll come back to that in a second. Then Deborah said to Brock, get ready. Come on, y'all. Don't you love it? Don't you love it when, when, when God is getting you ready for something? Are y'all with me this morning? You know, T.D. Jakes used to do this really well. He would be like, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. He was just, I can't do it. I'm not T.D. I'm, I'm Michael. But when he would do it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, God's about to do something. And so that's what Deborah's saying. Hey, get ready. God's about to show up. Hey, y'all, I need you to know. You might be going through some stuff right now. You might be dealing with some oppression in your life. You might be dealing with some bondage. There might be some patterns that you're trying to break. And I'm just telling you, if you'll come to God in faith and trust him and get in on board with his plan, get ready. Like, he's got a plan to get you free. He's got a plan to break you out of the bondage. Are y'all with me this morning? He, he does. He's got a plan. Get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over sister for the Lord is marching ahead of you. And can I just encourage you with that this morning? No matter what battle it is you're heading into, God's already out in front of you. I love that. I love that. Like he's already out in front of me. He's already figured it out. Really, he just needs my obedience. He just wants me to show up. He's going to do the heavy lifting for me. I love that. He's ahead of you, so Barak, Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes to Mount Tabor into battle, and when Barak attacked the Lord, threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. I love that too. Like, hey, y'all, when God goes before you, your enemy will freak out. Like, I know Satan does a, a good job sometimes of getting us to be afraid of things or What'll happen if I do this? And we know sometimes God is calling us to something or leading us a certain direction, but, but we'll be like, but what if? What if it doesn't go well? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I'm just telling you, if you'll march into battle, if you'll head into the thing that God is calling you to, or if you'll begin to fight for victory in prayer for, to get free from your bondage, I just want you to know, like, God's already out in front of you, and when he's in front of you, Satan freaks out. They head into battle, and Sisera and all his guys are like, ah! They just, they, they panic. And he leaps down. Listen, this is the leader of the army, jumps out of his chariot and runs. There's a leader. He's like, see you guys. Which I've always thought, wouldn't it be faster to use the horse? I, but anyway. He's so panicked, he doesn't even do the smart thing. He runs on foot. Now watch this. Guess where he runs? Remember I told you JL decided to take a camping trip? Direct descendant of Moses? He's running to escape. He comes up on JL's tent. She's out there at her tent. And he does not realize who she is. Like Shane on his team, y'all. And she totally plays him. I love this part of the story. This is what I'm telling you. The Bible's entertaining. If you don't have fun when you read your Bible, you are, you are doing it wrong. And so he comes up on the tent, and he's like, I just picture him like, oh, God, would you please help me? And she's like, yes. You poor man, come here. What's wrong? I just picture her patting him. And he's like, my army. It's they wiped me out. They're going to come and try to kill me. Oh, you know what? You've had a rough day. You can hide in my tent. Just go on. Just go in there. In fact, here's a little blankie. Just lay down. Get yourself a nap. This is in your Bible, you guys. She does it. She's like, just go ahead. Here's my blanket. Lay down. Take a nap. You can just hang out. Just hide out here. It's all going to be good. And, and I just picture him like, oh, good. Thank you. Thank you so much. He takes, the, he takes the blanket, he lays down, he takes the nap, and as soon as she, he falls asleep, she kills him. 
She's like, I'm just, I mean, I don't know what she, 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 she just takes him out. He gone. And the Bible says that actually fulfills Deborah's prophecy. And then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Herosheth Hagwagwabam, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive, which can I just say when God gives you victory, he's going to give you all the victory. He's going to finish the job. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king, and from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger. Everybody say stronger and stronger. So God delivers victory in a battle, but they had not defeated the king yet, which is sometimes how God works. He's going he's to win your freedom battle after battle after battle. They get stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroy him. They get their freedom back. They eventually win their freedom. And so I just want to... Um, I want to kind of study Deborah and, and Barak a little bit this morning because God used them in an incredible way to lead the Israelites into freedom that day. And, and there's some characteristics of the two of them that I think are worth noting this morning. And so when we're surrounded by the cycle of sin and chaos, God, God is, is counting on us. What kind of person should I be in that moment? And I noticed something about Deborah is that, that God used her to encourage Barak and I want you to know, God uses encouraging people. Come on, say amen this morning. Given the choice, would you hang out with an encourager or a discourager? It's not a trick question, you guys. Come on, given the choice, would you hang out with an encourager or a discourager? Encourager, right? Like nobody wants to hang around somebody who's negative all the time. So I want to, I'll just ask you this. Are, are, have you maybe fallen into the pattern of being really good at identifying what's wrong with everything? And, and really not having the ability to encourage anyone in anything. I, I would just submit to you, it's not that God can't use you, but I, I would submit to you, I think God could take you further faster. God could use you more if you made a decision to be like Deborah and be an encourager. Barak comes to her He's afraid, and she says, no, hey, God's going to do it. We're going to win. God's going to deliver the victory. I, I think God uses brave people. Barak says, hey, I, I, I'm not feeling 100% about this. I'll go if you go. She doesn't hesitate. She's like, okay, let's go. I'll go. You're not getting the credit, but let's go. She wasn't afraid to go into battle with him. And then to his credit, when she's like, you're not going to get the credit of, I go, he's, he's like, that, that's fine. And I, I think he shows great humility in this moment. And God uses humble people. In fact, at Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, Barak gets mentioned. Even though Deborah told him, hey, you won't get the honor, he actually gets credit in Hebrews chapter 11 for his faith. And I think it's because of his humility. I think God loves it when people say, you know what, I don't, I don't really care if I get any attention at all. I just want to be on the winning team for Jesus. That's why, you know, even here as a church, our heart is, we, we don't really care about the name over our front door as much as we care about the name written on our hearts. You want to hear something cool, you guys, right now? Because I love this because I feel like we've come full circle. Did you guys know right now, I mean, not this very second, but in this season in our church right now, our building is being used by another church plant, a future church plant, to have their launch team meetings so that they can go launch their church here in Newcastle County. And I'm like, and we're giving them money, and I'm like, come on, we're going to, we're, you know, we're, we're all in. We're all in. And I, and I don't, there, there's not an, a, a thing in me that feels like we need to compete with that. And let me tell you why I think it's gone full circle because a lot of you don't know that the, the original story of our church, when we were a launch team and we were just building a team of people to launch the church, there are two churches in our community that gave us their facilities free of charge 
to meet in as a launch team and figure out how we were going to launch our church. It was Pastor Steve Harville at Love of Christ and, and Pastor Mark Johnson at The Journey. And not a single time did any of them say, you can use our building, but don't you dare talk to our people. And don't you, nobody better leave our church and go to your church. In fact, we've traded people at different times, different seasons. You know, I'm like, hey, if you give me a sound man, I'll give you a bass guitarist. And I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's never, it's never, it's never been that. It's never been. It's never ever. It's never happened that way. I promise. But um, and we'll we'll occasionally call each other. And 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 in fact, I got a call recently from from one of them. Like, hey, so and so just showed up in our membership deal, and I know they had been a part of your church. And and I said, man, I'm, I hope this can be the place they find, they go all in and figure out what God wants for them let, and, and they can make a difference on behalf of them. That's our heart, you guys. You need to know that. That's really our heart. And that's their heart too. And I, I love that. And I love that in this, in this moment, Barrack's like, I really don't care who gets the credit. I just want to see God win. I just want to see victory. And I want to encourage you to have that heart in your own life. Be humble. God uses humble people. And finally, God uses leaders. Deborah's a leader. In fact, she's a leader of leaders. And um, I know some of you are thinking right now, well, that's cool. I'm not one of those. And yes, you are. 100% of the people hearing this message right now have a circle of influence. The question is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? How are you leveraging it? Are you being intentional about bringing Jesus into that circle of influence? Even if your circle of influence is just your family, lead your family. If your circle of influence is your friends, lead your friends. Come on, somebody, say amen this morning. You have a circle of influence. What are you doing with it? How are you leveraging it? 100% of us are leaders. God uses encouraging people. He uses brave people. He uses humble people. And he uses people who realize... Every relationship I have in my life, I have for a reason. I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to waste it. So um, on that note, let's wrap it up this way. Hey, Deborah, if we want to be encouraging, brave, humble leaders, where should we start? What should we do? And um, to her credit and to Barrack's credit, I mean, she could have called for Barak, and he could have been like, no, nah, I'm busy. I, I, no, I'm, I'm good. God can use somebody else. I'm not available. But to both of their credit, when God wanted to use them, they answered the call. And here's, here's the, we'll just wrap up with these three things that if, if you want to find your place to do what God has asked you to do, I think you can start here. Uh, number one, step up. Like, step up to the plate. Be present. Serve day is a great opportunity to do that. Find a need and fill it. In fact, serve day, we make it easy on you. We take care of the first three words. We find most of the needs. You just got to fill it. But not just serve day. How about every day? God, give us a heart. T teach us to, to see our world through the lens of finding needs and filling needs. Finding needs and filling needs. And here's the cool thing about being a part of a spiritual family. If, you're not, if there's ever a time where you're not sure what the need is, ask. Guarantee you we have some. Guarantee you we're aware of an opportunity where you could make a difference in, in someone else's life. Find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. I'll, I'll tell you one of the needs right now. We need to open Kids Life in our 830 service. So, so we need a handful of you to go through life track and, and identify, oh, God's called me to invest in the next generation and put on a blue t-shirt and go invest Jesus in somebody. That's a need. You, you might be called to fill that need. I'm not trying to guilt you into it or shame you into it. I'm just, that, that is an, that's an identifiable need right now. Find a need and fill it. Judges 5.2, Israel's leaders, everybody say it, took, took charge. I love it when leaders do that. I love it when leaders bring clarity. And the people gladly followed, and this is kind of my response when leaders actually lead. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. They, they, took, they had clarity about what God was asking them to do. And I, hear, I want to say something to you this morning, everybody. Give me your eyeballs for a second. 
Find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. Here, here, I want you to get this. If God allows you to see it, there's a pretty good chance he wants you to do something with it. So if you see it, man, there's a need. The next question should be, God, how can I help fill that need? What do you want me to do? What role can I play? What, what, what part can I play? If you see it, there's a good chance God wants you to do something with it. Now, I don't deal with this much because when you plant a church, you really get to build culture from the roundup, but I get to spend time coaching other pastors and serving other pastors sometimes, and my heart breaks for them sometimes because they'll have people in their church that come to them and say, hey, pastor, we, we got this, we, there's this great idea. We heard about this serve day thing. Let, we should do serve day. And if you, at True Life, if you come to me and say, hey, pastor, I've got this great idea, my response to you is going to be, that sounds awesome. Have you been to Life Track yet? Let's get you through the process of identifying the gifts in your life and what God is calling you to so we can equip you and resource you to go do that thing that God let you see. And sometimes in, in unhealthy environments, what actually happens is people come and they say, hey, pastor, we got this idea. And what they really mean is, we want you to do this, pastor. And I, I, my heart breaks for them because they're, they're burning out trying to keep everybody happy. And I'm just so thankful that y'all have allowed us to build a culture here where we can say, no, we already have clarity about what God has asked us to do. If he's giving you clarity about something that you've seen, we're gonna equip you, resource you, and empower you to go do the thing that you've seen. Come on, y'all, because that, that's our mission. That's our calling, to help you find your sweet spot, find a need, and fill it. Step up to the plate. Be counted. Here's the next one. I think she would say, step up, and stand up. Like if God's gonna use you, if you're gonna leverage the influence you have, you need to know it might not always be popular. Not, not everyone's gonna like it. Not everyone's gonna go with you, but don't let the sin cycle sway your heart and your mind. Can, can I give you the really blunt version of this? If you're going to do what God's asked you to do with your life, it's going to require a backbone. You're going to have to stand up. Carlos, is my microphone on? Can you hear me? Testing, one, two, test. Can you give me like some gospel organ or something when I say that? Maybe that would help. There, yeah, come on. That's funny, y'all. What is, come on. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that was in you. Come on. I like that. Turn him up, you guys. Give Carlos a sec. Give him 30 seconds. We got to find a good Hammond organ sound on there, man. Eventually. All right. Come on. If you're going to do what God asks you to do, you're going to have to have some backbone. Can I hear an amen this morning? They came down from Ephraim a land that once belonged to the Amalekites. They followed you, Benjamin. These are the twibes, twibes, the tribes of Israel <laughs> with your troops. From Makir, the commanders marched down. From Zebulun came those who carry a commander's staff. So these are now the, the tribes who participated in fighting for the freedom of the people. They're being commended. But remember, if you're going to stand up, sometimes you're going to stand up in a smaller crowd than you'd like to. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah and Barak. They followed Barak rushing into the valley, but in the tribe of Reuben there was great, what? Indecision. Not, not all of them stood up. Why did you sit at home among the sheepfolds? To hear the shepherds whistle for their flocks? Like, what are you doing? That's, that's literally what the Bible is saying here. What were you guys doing? God was moving and you sat out. What are you doing? Yes, in the tribe of Reuben, there was great indecision. Gilead remained east of the Jordan. And why did Dan stay home? Not Dan who works here. This is, this is the tribe of Dan. Why did Dan stay home? 
Asher sat unmoved at the seashore, remaining in his harbors. So listen, literally what's happening is God saying, hey y'all, let's go fight. I'm gonna get you your freedom today. And the tribe of Asher is like, nah, we're gonna have beach day. This is literally what happened. Nah, that's all good, y'all do it. They, They hang out at the beach. But Zebulun risked his life, as did Naphtali, on the heights of the battlefield. They showed up. They stood up. Y'all, I, I need you to know this. I, I'm, I'm 100% committed to this. When God is moving, and I believe he is, when there's an opportunity to reach our community, and I believe there is, I am absolutely 100% committed to making sure nobody says, where was true life? Where were they at? Where, where was Michael? Why didn't they show up? Why, why didn't they help? Why didn't they serve anybody? Why didn't they stand up? Why didn't they speak up? Y'all, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have the influence God wants us to have, we're gonna have to step up we're going to find needs and fill them, and then we're going, to, we're going to stand up. We're going to stand on God's word. We're going to stand on our calling. We're going to stand on the mission and the purpose and the vision God has given our church. Come on, somebody. Say amen if you're with me this morning. And then finally, I think Deborah would say, hey, you got to lead up. Keep pointing people to Jesus. Just keep pointing people to Jesus. Just keep pointing people to Jesus. Keep pointing people to Jesus. Not... Not, it's not me, I don't, I don't need credit. This is one of the things we teach our worship team. We come back to it about once a year and just, just as a reminder. Like, hey, hey guys, when you, because platform ministry is unique. Like, hey guys, when you step on the stage, you need to have already dealt with your stuff. Don't deal with your stuff while you're up here. And, and you need, when you step into that moment to lead people in worship, you, you really need to reflect the glory of God. You're like, you're gonna get some attention. The lights are gonna come on, the music's gonna come up. And, 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 and it's kind of on purpose, right? Like there's some attention that's gonna come this way, but what you need to do is you need to be so tuned in to Jesus that when that attention comes this way, almost like you got a big mirror in your hand, like, hey, hey y'all, look, look up here, look up here, look up here, look up here, boom, look up there, look at him. Look at Jesus. Look at, this is what God wants us to do with our lives. Hey, look, come here, look at this, look at this. Watch, watch, boom! Jesus, we, we lead up, we point people to Jesus. You wanna, you wanna see something cool? There are two phrases that you're repeated over and over and over and over again throughout the book of Judges. There's the cycle, but as prevalent as the cycle are these two phrases. The Lord will deliver, come on everybody, and it's the Lord's battle, not your battle. He's got it. He's got it. And when we just keep pointing people to Jesus, he will deliver and he will win every battle. Say amen if you agree with me this morning. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet if you would all across the room. Just stand up, heads bowed, eyes closed. And I know this hasn't been a salvation type message today, but... Maybe you've never realized, like, man, God wants to go fight for me. God wants to bring me freedom. He really does. He really does. And if you don't have a relationship with him, you can't experience that. And I'd love it if you just, I'd love it if you'd take care of that right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Just if you're, or you're listening online right now or watching online and you say, man, I, I, I want that. I want a relationship with Jesus. Why don't you just tell him? Say, Jesus, today, I give you my life. Please save me. I surrender to you. From this day on, my life is yours. I believe you died on the cross. and You paid the price for my sin. And three days later, you rose from the dead. From this day on, you're the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer with me just now, my wife Amanda is going to be back out here in just a second. She's going to talk to you about connection card. Make sure you listen closely. We 
We want to hear about that decision that you've made today, and we want to help you take your next steps. Everybody else, heads bowed, eyes closed. I realize this could be uncomfortable for you, so only participate if you're comfortable with it. But I, I just want to walk through those three, and I want you to, I want you just to wave a hand at me if this is you. All right. So let's let's start with the first one. If you say, "Hey, Michael, I I realize today there are some needs that God has let me identify, and I haven't taken my steps yet to to fill those needs." There, I, I need to do that. I need to take some steps to fill the needs that God has allowed me to see. If I'm talking to you today, just real quick, would you just wave a hand at me and say, yep, that's me. I, I, there are some needs, and I have not filled those needs. Yep, I see it. Awesome. You can put it down. Number two, if you would say, hey, Michael, I, I'm having some trouble standing up. I kind of feel like I get swayed back and forth. I get pushed back and forth by whatever's popular, by culture. I don't, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. And so I, I sometimes don't stand on the Bible. I don't stand on what I really believe. And I need God to help me build some courage. I, I want to be brave like Deborah. It's time for me to stand up, to stand firm. If that's you, wave, just wave a hand at me. Like, like, hey, I need to stand firm. Yep, awesome, good job. Last one, I need to lead up. I've got, some, I've got some opportunities in my life where I could be pointing people to Jesus and I just I haven't gone there. And it's time for me to go there. I'm ready to lead up, move people towards Jesus. Wave your hand at me if that's, that's you. Yep, okay, bunch of you, awesome. Heads bowed, eyes closed, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you saw the hands. You even know those of us who maybe weren't comfortable with lifting our hands, but you're doing a work in our heart in those three areas this morning. And Holy Spirit, I ask today you would, you would help each and every person to identify their next step today. For, for some of us, God, we, we need to step up. I pray like in the next 24 hours, God, you would give us a clear step that we can take to fill a need that's in front of us just to step out and do it. Lord, I pray for those who are, who are kind of struggling to stand. They feel like they're getting pushed back and forth, swayed back and forth today. God, I, I pray you would give them a deep love and passion for your word, for your truth, that they would build a foundation. God, that you would give them the courage to stand and to stand firm in who you are and what you've asked them to do. And Lord, I, I pray for all of us, God. We're, we are going to have so many opportunities to point people to you. God, help us to not get caught up in getting the attention for ourselves or the glory for ourselves. God, we just want to move people into relationship with you. Because you can change lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive it, would you say amen this morning? Amen. Amen. Stay standing here.